Hi everyone, welcome to this week's Padilla in the Know. So excited to be joined by the lovely Zuri Hall and hey. Brandon, two of my fun, amazing contacts and people I used to work with here at E. So let's just jump right into it. I know we're a little pressed for time today, so we'll just get going on it. So you guys have both created so much incredible content, both in the digital front as well as for E and various other platforms. Can you just give us a quick little insight as to what you're currently working on and a couple of like quick highlights in case someone out here doesn't know who you are? Yeah, sure. So here at E, I really do. Um, breaking news is like the main priority, but I always try to find where like breaking news and pop culture kind of connects with the the conversation, the cultural conversation. So um, the way that I'm doing that now is with um, Justin Sip. Is I do that with Justin Sylvester. He's the E News talent, and so um, we have different celebs that come. And we just had Dr. Drew that came in, and it was a really interesting conversation because what started out as a love line, you know, um, pilot turned into like him talking about how he, you know, was instrumental in getting people treatment for HIV back in the 80s and which we didn't know and so that it took a complete you know left turn and it was just like wow okay so we had that conversation and then we got into like the fun pop culture stuff but it's always good to just see where these pop culture people these these influencers these celebs kind of intersect with you know the, the conversation that's happening mm-hmm. I love it and sorry yeah so I'm an e-news correspondent um, so I'm pretty much covering a lot of the pop culture headlines that Brandon was talking about a lot of the breaking news um, when it comes to the second portion of your question Brandon and I for quite a while had um, a, a series called what's good with Zuri Hall and for us that was really just about exploring diversity and celebrating multicultural headlines stories complexities within our industry there's obviously we're knee deep in the middle of the industry but a lot of times I feel like our stories can be alienated or they can be um misunderstood or translated incorrectly so this was really about creating a space especially here at E where we could celebrate interesting diverse stories and really celebrate inclusion with a voice that was authentic for me where I could show a little bit more personality and infuse sort of my perspective and opinion and thoughts on those subjects Um, and maybe get people talking about something they wouldn't talk about normally you know maybe you watch or come to E for certain things and then you're pleasantly surprised by or walk away with something else because of what What's good because of what what's good was able to give you totally and i i personally am a huge fan of what's good i thought it was a genius way to intersect all of those pieces of content and just but make it feel current make it feel relevant make yeah. it feel relatable and again expose someone to something in a way that maybe you're not used to seeing it and right. you're not used to understanding it you're not used to metabolizing it that way right. and i thought it was a really smart way of doing all of that i'd love to know a little bit more about your process, about how you decided what pop culture moments to touch and which ones you sort of decided to just let go and maybe they were a bit more of a flash in a pan. That was definitely a hand-in-hand combo, but I'll let Brandon speak more specifically to it because he really was so great at, and is still great at, um, getting into the nitty-gritty of this is why we should do this, this is why we should cover it, this is the way we can approach it or tackle it. For me, because it was very much my perspective and my personality, and I had to deliver this, and you know, we were working hand-in-hand writing very often, a lot of the scripts. Um, I just had to do what resonated with me personally, something that I could laugh at or get excited about or that I would talk about with my friends or that we would kiki and talk about even if the cameras weren't rolling like if we walked into the news and we're like did you see this craziness that happened yesterday (laughs) so that means it's probably something that we would have fun unpacking and producing in a really um, high quality way too um 
And for Brent, yeah, I guess I'll let you take that, Brandon, as far as... Because you would come to me. Like, Brandon would come and be like, hey, these are some of the things that are happening right now that I think we should talk about. Yeah. What do you think about them? And I'd be like, oh, well, this makes sense. Or, oh, we could talk about that. Or, I don't know, that might fall a little flat. Yeah, so I think it definitely went hand in hand with that. So it's like, whatever I'm talking about with my friends, whatever she and I would talk about that I just felt like was an interesting conversation mm-hmm. is kind of where my mind would start. But then I would also look at what's happening in pop culture and what's the... Is there a through line? Is there a bottom line here? Is there something that connects this to this? So like when we did the hip-hop episode, we took different moments in hip-hop. But when I, once I started laying them out, I was like, wait, we have a conversation that's happening here mm-hmm. that people aren't really seeing that we're going to tie together for them. Totally. And I think that's such an important point to make when you're creating content on any platform for any subject matter. It's not just, of course, you should have an opinion on the big conversation of the day, but finding that through line and building that story is what sets your content apart. It's what makes it interesting and what captivates people. Mm -hmm. And that's what gets them to come back for more. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean, and and that, to your point, was really what was exciting about our thing is we always were trying to find like the why in our story. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, okay, this is the obvious stuff. Like, what's the question we can ask? What conversation can we start? What can a viewer walk away asking themselves or their friends that maybe they didn't think about before? Like, even with the state of hip hop in 2018, um, we kind of had a question rise to the top of the like, when does social responsibility come into play? We have Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, we have Beyonce, we have these amazing rappers and singers and performers. And some of them are infusing social responsibility and impact into their message, and some aren't. You have Drake, who's living his best life and chilling and popping bottles, and that's fun, too, because I love living my best life and chilling and popping bottles. (laughs) And then sometimes you get into those debates. So it became a question of, is there a responsibility always? Is there not? Do we want some of them to not even touch those subjects? So it's kind of cool to to talk things out and figure out, oh, there's there's an interesting conversation here that people might not be having. Well, and I think that raises such an interesting point. I feel like one of the greatest gifts that social media has given us and the ability to reach out and touch so many people is it's blown open the doors for diversity. Mm-hmm. And it's really given so many different voices a space to speak and a space to have a conversation. And I'd love to know a little bit about how you've seen diversity change the landscape of media, just digital media in particular, over the course of your career. Because I know like this isn't anyone's first week. So yeah. it's there has been a big shift. And I would say that shift has even been concentrated in the last like probably three years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Three years. It's like well, that's a really good point because so I've been at E for three and a half years now, and you're exactly right. I, there's such a, star, a night and day difference between my first day on the job here, what we were covering, and by we I mean Hollywood in general, mm-hmm. what we were covering, what mattered, and now there's a difference between what I used to see on the red carpet and what I'm seeing now. Um, you know, our first episode out of the gate for What's Good was celebrating um, beauty that. standards that Black Panther has helped sort of bring to light, and you know, we're seeing on the carpet, I think it was a purple carpet at that you know all of these amazing multicultural hairstyles we're seeing fabrics and patterns that are nods to traditional african garbs like that is not a thing that you would normally see on a a hollywood red carpet let alone if you saw the look it might be like wtf with so-and-so wearing on the carpet let's break it down but when that's an l and allure in vogue and that's being celebrated now by a culture that didn't used to celebrate that that's a beautiful thing so i've seen a lot more of that even when it comes to award season obviously we had the oscars so white situation we've had um a push for more inclusive stories Mm -hmm. um that are hyper specific to the culture not white 
whitewash to make a white audience feel good ingesting our stories. And I feel like that's really happened over the last three years. Crazy Rich Asians, another example of an yeah. amazing all-star, all-Asian cast, killing it at the box office yeah. and proving that people will come out regardless. And I think if you look at it, it's like it's also the last three years, social media has blown up in the last three years. And I think it goes hand in hand because the tastemakers are on social media. The tastemakers are telling yeah. you what they want to see. And so if you go to Instagram or Twitter for five seconds, you'll see what people are talking about. And so if you as a Hollywood entity or a corporate entity, you're not having those conversations, then you know you're missing the mark because if the conversation is here and you're here, you need to figure out how to get closer to here. And I think that's where we're seeing this push towards diversity, which it always should have been here. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if you're not doing it, there's no reason why you shouldn't because yeah. the world is telling you what they want to see. Absolutely. And also with social media, I feel like now there's the opportunity to hold people accountable. We yeah. have this big conversation about cultural appropriation and pulling from people. But in this day and age, if I see my designs that I created and you're wearing them or, you know, manufacturing them for your own material gain, I will get on Twitter so quick and black Twitter will activate. And, have my back. <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Also, when it comes to hairstyle stories, whatever it is, I just feel like in this day and age now, because of the rise of social media, it's like there's a watchdog. We are the watchdog. The Internet is the watchdog. And so it's forcing Hollywood to do better. It's forcing the industry to step up. It's forcing people to not just take from cultures mm -hmm. the best of it and then monetize it for their own commercial yep. gain. You have to bring that person who created that into with you into yeah. the conversation. Yep. Yeah. And bring that conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And I think shed some light on a lot of conversations that have not been had mm -hmm. either out of convenience or monetary gain or, or ignorance. Or ignorance. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of an interesting point. So how do you breach having a conversation or having an opinion about something that is going on in the pop culture space that's maybe not a part of your personal experience, which can be... I think it's a, a little, little tricky. I think it's a little tricky because I think if, if you personally don't connect to it, then it makes it hard for you to genuinely and authentically speak about it. That doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you, I think you have to be really careful with mm -hmm. how you do it. And I would almost say if it's something outside of my own personal experience, I would then reach out to someone who might be closer mm -hmm. related to that so that way they can help speak Mm -hmm. to the audience for me. So, and it becomes more like a conversation mm -hmm. between the two of you mm -hmm. versus you trying to have an opinion Because I about. think that's where you get into trouble a lot of times mm -hmm. is where people try to speak on something that they are removed from yep. and they don't realize that they're putting their foot in their mouth or they're saying the wrong thing or they're being insensitive. They just don't know. And I think that's where the trouble comes in, which is why we've seen historically, you know, these big conglomerates get into trouble because they're trying to speak to stories without mm -hmm. actually having the speakers mm -hmm. speak it, you know? Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And I think it's also just a really good reminder to do your homework, yeah. you know, and part of that homework is reaching out to the different voices and finding a way to have a conversation with people about things that you don't want to put your foot in your mouth over. Mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. um, so I think one of the keys to successful digital content for any brand, any personality is really creating an authentic voice that resonates with your community. Zuri, as an on-camera talent, can you tell me a little bit about how you've crafted that voice over time? Oh, um, it's kind of just been like a slow evolution. I've always been really obsessed with and intrigued by the idea of personal branding, to be honest. At university, I studied strategic communication. I focused on communicating to external mass audiences. So it was always, I have an idea. I have an idea about myself. How do I communicate that and make sure the message is consistent when people ingest information differently? So one person could look at me and walk away with an entirely different experience. But I will say, um, 
that YouTube has definitely helped with sort of like crafting that. Oddly mm-hmm. enough, I've been doing that for like five years or six years. So before, now I wish I'd kept up with it. <laughs> you know, what's so the I know. They're still checking for you. Subscribe. Hey, still checking. Where's Zuri? He's still here. <laughs> but that that had been a really. Um, really good way for me to sort of hone who I was publicly and what my voice sounded like because it is like the internet is this real-time sounding board and you kind of it's like I I am consistently who I am but now you have comments you have people responding saying what did you mean when you said this and I'm like wait what I didn't mean that at all but when you have that it's a it's an asset it's an uncomfortable asset sometimes but yeah yeah, you learn you get the feedback and you realize how you're being ingested and consumed and so it helps you sort of develop your voice in real time and figure out how to give that to the world and I think and correct me if I'm wrong I would also say like you just also have to be mindful of like who you are so like the internet for as as great as it is it also can be a very dark and negative place and so sometimes you know you are being authentic to your voice which is not bad but then you might have a slew of people who are just offended because they're bored on Wednesday right right. and so it's like that balance of you know when do you look at yourself and say damn like, like what I is the actual mark. constructive criticism yeah, and versus just, just have to stay true to yourself yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a and fine it's line hard. it is yeah. well and I think being behind the camera how do you work with on camera talent and experts to help them hone that voice in a responsible way that is hopefully not going to open the floodgates to the the angry people yeah I mean if for me, it's like I, Zuri and I have a personal relationship, right? So I know her. We speak, mm-hmm. we we hang out, we talk, we laugh, we joke. So for me, it's easy to be on the other side of the camera because I can, I know her tone and I know when she's being herself. And if she's not, then I can say, okay, hey, mm-hmm. say it like this because I know right. it's closer to how she would say it. So I think as long as as I am getting her closer to her own <clears throat> personal tone, then I think I'm we're doing ourselves justice and yeah. we're doing all we really can do because we can yeah. only be authentic to ourselves. Right. You know, and so I would say as a producer, it's like getting to know your talent and not just their their on camera persona. Really? Because honestly, yeah, yeah. in twenty nineteen, the on camera persona is so whack and so played out that like people see straight through it. They want oh, the yeah. real, they want the gritty, mm-hmm. they want you for you because that's what they see on Instagram, right? right. And so the more you get to know them as a person, you can help coach that and bring it up as they slip back into like broadcast habits or mm-hmm. polished hi you know what mm-hmm. I mean yeah like a more formal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. setting mm-hmm. all right last question for you guys so I think when you strike that authentic voice and people do get accustomed to seeing you and hearing you in a specific way how do you mitigate that when you are doing a more formal interview and not sort of mow over the person that you're sharing the screen with with yeah. You mean, so just to make sure I understand, when I've sort of developed my personal voice and it's about bringing me mm-hmm. to the table, how do I still do that while sharing yeah, the exactly. scenes with Yeah. Um, honestly, it's give and take. And so if it's about someone else, it's about someone else. So in that moment, I'm trying to be my authentic person to show up for that person in that way. Yep. But it's less about, oh, I've got to get the Zuri Hall out mm-hmm. there during this interview to my audience you know I'm just less concerned and maybe that's just me being a little like selfless in that sense where it could still be very important to have your own interview style or whatever but my interview style is very much how I am when I get to know people off camera which is candid off the cuff a little goofy very open myself and willing to kind of just like be an open book 
even at my own detriment when it comes to oversharing sometimes. <laughs> so I just try to stay true in that sense when I'm sitting down. But if I'm sitting down with Leonardo or Oprah or whoever it is, it's not about me. And that's what I commit to when I sit down. It's about creating a safe, interesting space for them to be who they are. Because it's not about, it's just not. Like if someone's watching that interview, they may enjoy my interview style, but they're coming for Oprah. They're coming right. for Leonardo DiCaprio. They're coming for whoever it is. So I don't worry too much about pushing the Zuri Hall agenda during those interviews. Yeah. I just worry about trying to get the best version or most authentic version of their agenda out to the people. Perfect. I mean, I think that's, I think that's it with a bow. Well, is there anything that you guys want to make sure that everyone sees, tunes into, checks out, Zuri, your YouTube channel? Like- yeah, yeah. Coming back in 2020. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's just interesting. I think it's interesting to just see how how we are pushing the conversation forward as a whole, whether it be like inclusivity, whether it be equal rights, whatever it is, I think. And I think a lot of times people feel like pop culture and entertainment is, is mindless and vapid. But I think it's interesting to uncover and see how thought provoking it really can be when you let it be yeah. and how you know, realistically, pop culture was always meant to push the envelope. It was always meant to be thought-provoking. It was never meant to just be mindless. And I think the yeah. more we get back to that, the more interesting and fun it is, you know? For sure. Here. Very well yeah. said. Cheers. All right, well, thank you guys so much. It was so fun. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And- All right. Yeah.